Welcome, friends, back to another episode of Protect the Sheep. That's right. That's one of the sheep right here. Uh, I've got my oh. friend across from me. <laughs> he speaks uh, sheep and mutton. And I speak it? in tongues sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't, actually. That's, that's a lie. Uh, he's getting on the mic already. This wasn't the plan. Oh. But, uh, yeah, he's. I've got a friend here. I'm going to introduce him in a second. But uh, we are coming live from an undisclosed location in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, there's lots of people around here. I'll give you a hint. It's the best college ever. Uh, but yeah, you'll just have to guess for yourself. It starts with Grand and ends with Canyon right, University. Right, ASU. <laughs> That's messed up. Uh, first, all right, let's do this. Got to give some shout outs. Shout out to Noah Lunday, the man, the myth, the peck. Derek McCandless. Uh, miss you, bro. I'm so glad you're listening. Uh, I hope that you listen to this on the way to work. It'll be awesome. Uh, Marcos. Padilla. Hi, Marcos. He says hi. The person that we don't know yet. And Spencer Given, the man, the one and only Auto Hut creator. You guys are legit. All right. And if you want any shout outs or anything, if you have questions about the podcast or any of the questions that we're talking about, then DM me at Jordan Forrester. A uh, little promo there at the beginning, but we got to do it. So across from me, sitting two feet away from me is... Calvin Driscoll. Wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate the the invite, and I hope this conversation is a good one. I hope so, too. And to make sure that it is, let's do a quick prayer. You down? Let's get it. All right. Lord, thank you for this time together, uh, this opportunity and time to study your word and to have conversation that hopefully builds up uh, other believers and shows new believers or people that are interested that uh, discernment is needed and we use it quite often, Lord. So help us to have conversation that glorifies and honors you. Love you. Your name, amen. You gave him a sneak peek of what we were talking about. Well, the title of the episode's already out, oh, technically. Shoot. So in the future, I'm just trying to I use make bad sure. discernment there. Yeah, that was a tough one, Calvin. All right. <laughs> Next guest. Uh, Maybe we shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> yeah. This guy's not credible. What the heck? Uh, okay, but first, let's get this question going. What is discernment, Calvin? Yeah, so last week, you know, you, you talked about the Holy Spirit. Um, so one of the most prevalent ways the Holy Spirit works through his people is actually through discernment. Um, so I, I, I see discernment somewhat as a cheat code in life. Um, you get to know things that are going to happen before they happen. Um, the Holy Spirit can reveal things to you um, that he's not revealing to anyone else. Um, so you kind of have an upper hand in some things. Um, but the point of discernment is to get into the will of God um, and stay there. That's gotcha. the whole point of discernment. Um, so, yeah. Very cool. Uh, thank you for that. So when we get into this uh, discernment topic, I hope that we would have discernment, that the listeners would have discernment of what's right and the things that are wrong just pass through one ear and out the other. So, Lord, please do that. Uh, now, when we talk about discernment and getting it, how do we get more discernment? Like, how do we acquire this discernment thing? Like, we talked about the Holy Spirit last week. Like, what does that have to do with discernment? Yeah, so if you're a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit inside of you um, who works through discernment. So, uh, you have discernment, but that doesn't mean you're good at it yet. Um, right. You still have to develop that and train that um, like any athlete uh 
and you have to practice discernment. Yes. Uh, one of the verses that comes to mind for me is Hebrews 5.14. It says, solid food being the things that require discernment for correctly handling the word of truth. Uh, it says, for those that are mature, this is what they do. They have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So if you're not training your discernment by practicing it, then you can't acquire more of it. And it's it starts to become something that becomes foreign to your mind and to your heart. And you have a hard time like deciding, making decisions. I know a lot of Christians that are like, I want to do this, but I don't know. It's, it, it, it might be the right decision. I'm not sure. I want to know if God's in this. I'm praying, but I'm not hearing anything back, you know? So how do we, how do we practice this and know like what to do next? Yeah. Um, so the best way to train up and build your discernment um, would be spending time with God. I know it's the most basic answer, but um, yeah. Bible reading, prayer, worship. Yeah. Because, I mean, the name of this podcast is Protect the Sheep, yeah. and we're sheep, and if we're not spending time with our shepherd and listening to his voice, um, then we're not going to know what he sounds like. So by spending time with the shepherd, by spending time with God, we can develop the skill of discernment and uh, understand what is the voice of God. Because if you're not spending time with him, you won't know what his voice is. Yeah. So before we get too far into this, I wanted to distinguish the four main ways that discernment is used so you guys can have a better understanding of what uh, you'll be using your discernment for and just what it's used for in general. Um, so the first one would be uh, the most broad and basic is just decisions. Any decision you make, whether uh, deciding whether it's from God, something's from God, something's from Satan, whether it's a good decision, it's a bad decision, whether it's the spirit, whether it's the flesh, just decisions in general. Um, and that can be very general or very specific. So I see the will of God in two different ways, mainly uh, the general will of God and then the specific will of God. So the general will of God would be anything that's in the Bible. Uh, yeah. That is applicable to everyone, and it's on our conscience, it's on our heart, and no one is outside of that. Uh, and that's the general will of God. Um, the specific will of God would be more specific instances that some of us are called to and others aren't. So some people are called to be business leaders, some people are called to be pastors. Yeah. And for someone who's called to be a pastor, uh, it would be outside of God's will um, for them not to be a pastor. And for a business leader, the same thing. If they wanted to be a pastor, that would be outside of God's will if God called them to be a business leader. So just making decisions in general. Um, I think a good example for me is I felt called to GCU. Mm-hmm. Not everyone feels called to GCU. I feel called towards uh, I mean, ministry. That's debatable. That's well, debatable. Yeah, you should. If you don't feel called to GCU, you should pray about it again Definitely. because you probably have bad discernment. Definitely um, so. pray about that. But... Yeah, just in general, what is a good decision? What is from God? What does God want you to do? How do you get in the will of God? Yeah. Then the next one would be doctrines. So heresy is a word we throw out, I would say, probably too much. It should only be used when something is very um, opposing to Scripture, and it's against the close-handed issues of the Bible that we can't uh, give any ground on because those are matters of salvation and we can't we can't um, give up ground on matters of salvation right close but okay yeah close-handed but the open-handed issues that's where we can disagree um, whether you are 
a different denomination um, or have different views on salvation, have different views like such as Calvinism or Arminianism. Those would always be open-handed issues. Right. Okay. Um, and that wouldn't be no. Someone wouldn't be a heretic if they disagree on those. It's only, you're only a heretic if you disagree on the matters of salvation, such as Jesus dying and rising, being the Son of God, fully God, fully man, rose three days later. Those right. we can't really give any ground on because if you don't believe that, then you're not a Christian. Right. Um, so discernment is used for determining doctrines, uh, and this is why Mormonism is rejected but baptists are not <laughs> yeah um maybe i mean they don't they don't drink uh, wine so it's rough there you go <laughs> they believe jesus turned the water into grape juice but that's okay <laughs> we'll we'll let them we'll let them think that um and then the next one it's used for is spirits um first john 4 1 says beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god for many false prophets have gone out into the world um, so it's the idea that there's a spiritual realm, um, there's the Holy Spirit, and then there's also Satan and demons. Um, and it is our job to discern what is, or who is who. Yeah. Um, if There's a lot of times that Satan can be getting into your head, and people might think it's from God, and Satan's leading them astray because they think God is telling them what to do. Right. But discernment would be knowing that that is the devil rejecting that and moving towards God. That would be using your discernment well. Using it poorly would be taking what the devil says or the enemy and doing what he says because you think it's God. Um, I think a good example of this is, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this, but sometimes I can feel the presence of like a demon in my room. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, it is. And that's discernment, being able to tell the spirit in your room that is not the Holy Spirit and... I mean, if you feel that, if you've ever felt that way, you should pray immediately and uh, rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Get them out of there because you don't want them in there. Yeah. Uh, the last way that discernment can be used is for people, um, and that would be wolves and people that are trying to cause harm and damage to the sheep. Um, First Peter talks about the devil being a uh, prowling lion seeking one to devour. Uh, wolves are trying to devour God's flock, God's sheep. Um, so it is the job of pastors. Uh, it's also, pastors means shepherd. It's their job to protect the sheep and fight off the wolves. Um, but Satan, he's going to try to get into the church, and he's going to try to get into places of leadership so that he can have the most impact in the church. Yeah, that's one thing that I I really do think, too, that if you have churches nearby or you know of churches and you're like, ah, that church sucks or ah, I'm not a big fan of that church, you know, like it's okay to not be, a, I guess, a big fan of the church, but to think like... You don't have to agree with everything they teach. Right, but if we know, you know, we have to we have to really take this into account when we talk about other churches and, and other Christians. Like if we know that Satan is on the prowl and he's looking for Christians to take away from uh, the church and from God, you know, Obviously, if they're a true Christian, they, they can't be taken. But if they're young in their faith, like, the the line will easily take people that are newborns, you know? Newborns in the faith mean that you are not even, an, you're just an infant, you know? You're not even a toddler yet in the faith. Like, you have just been reborn, and you're trying to learn what's right and wrong. And if we see these churches, you know, that are bringing these people in, then we should say a prayer for them. Like, we should hope that God's that God's presence is working there, that 
he's using these people to further the kingdom and that Christians all over the place are getting strengthened and built up so that we can fight off the flaming arrows of the enemy, you know, with our shield of faith. And that's something that I think a lot of us can probably do a lot better is, you know, there's, there's some things we may not agree with, but ultimately we're all part of the same family if we are Christian, you know? Yeah. And then one more thing on discernment is when you were talking about the heavy presence and understanding right and wrong, I think if you get better at discernment as a Christian, then it starts to become much more clear. It's, it's kind of like a right away. Like you were saying, uh, if the Satan or if the Satan, if Satan says something and it, you think it's a word from God, if you are a Christian and you're trying to become mature and complete, then you're going to notice things right away. If you are really in the word constantly understanding who God is and learning what his character is like and everything, that is going to be something that really comes up pretty quickly. Like if, if the, if something's off, like you hear, uh, something that's from somebody can like a wolf or something, considering what they're saying, then it's going to make, it's going to pull up red flags. Like, pretty immediately if that's something you've been working on by practicing discernment you gain more discernment and it distinguishes good and good from evil and you start to learn more about that in that sense so that's something that i would say is encouraging if you are uh, a christian you're trying to understand or guess if you have gained more discernment if you are working on this then it's going to become more and more clear as you get older and wiser And I think there's a misconception that discernment is just a feeling. And I think there's pressure because people say that God spoke to them or they feel like God said to them and people will say that. So I think there's a pressure for people to also want to hear from God. Um, So they just make up the first thing that comes to their mind and they're like, oh, I, it's from God. And, but that's not how that works at all. And discernment isn't just a feeling. It's not just a gut feeling. It's listening to the Holy Spirit, making a right judgment, and then acting on it. Yeah. And and the other thing with discernment is you want to be slow, um, especially with wolves. You don't want to make a decision immediately. You want to see their fruit. You want to see um, different things in their life before you make a conclusion. Talk to wise counsel about yeah. it. Pray about it. Um, it's not just a feeling. Um, it's listening to the voice of God. Yeah. Um, one of the like really good passages that I love is in Ephesians 4. Uh, Ephesians 4.14 says this. It says, once you have worked on your sermon, once you're working on becoming mature in Christ, it says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So, as you grow in your faith and as these wolves start to become older, they're growing too in how to deceive people. That's what they're trying to do. That's their goal. And when we look at this passage, it says, lies so clever that they sound like the truth. When we talk about deception, deception is the truth twisted with a lie. Uh, It sounds like the truth. It sounds great. And yet it's not. Uh, Another passage too is like an angel or an angel, uh, Satan comes and disguises himself as an angel of light. Like, how crazy is that? Yeah. That it seems right. It seems, it looks like it's good. It feels like it's good. And yet it totally could not be. And so if we're... Islam right there. Right. Muhammad said that an angel showed up to him in a cave and... 
probably was Satan or a demon disguising himself as an angel of light right there. Yeah, yeah. One of the examples of these that we have in Scripture is Galatians 1, uh, 6 through 9. It talks about there being no other gospel. It says, uh, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there's another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven, I'm going to read that again. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, then let him be accursed. As you have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. That's crazy stuff right there. Uh, and I can think of a few immediate examples of another angel coming to preach a different gospel. Yeah, Islam right there. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad said that he saw an angel in a cave, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that it was probably satan or a demon disguising himself as an angel of light yeah mm. um and then let's move on to this next section here um uh, talking about different examples yeah. uh, of discernment when we might not even realize it go ahead yeah so if you have the holy spirit you are using discernment in different daily activities and you probably didn't even realize it so i wrote down a couple um so the first one is reading your bible and just being able to understand it. Um, the Holy Spirit helps you understand your Bible and helps you discern what is theologically correct and what is not correct and how you interpret the Bible. That's using discernment from the Holy Spirit. Uh, another example would just be having a conviction out about maybe a person or a situation um, from the Holy Spirit. Um, Feeling the presence of a demon in your room, we talked about that earlier. Uh, that'd be discerning a spirit. Um, if someone said something and it didn't sit right with you, uh, theologically for the most part, um, that would be an example of discerning doctrines. Um, and then knowing that someone is struggling with something, but they didn't tell you. Um, so this happened to me probably about a week ago, my buddy, um, I, he was just on my mind. He, he it was running through my mind and I couldn't get it off my mind. So I just called him and he was struggling super hard with something at that exact moment. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea, but God was putting his, putting him in my mind yeah. and it wouldn't go away. So I was like, I'm going to call this dude. So that would be an example of discerning um, yeah. some something the, from God. Some of the verbiage that I would say is probably more practical to use other than saying you know god said this to me or god was telling me this happened the verbs yeah. that i use is like god impressed I, I feel like the spirit impressed a thought on me and then yeah. i tried to never act say in god obedience. said unless you're quoting scripture right because if you i mean if you do say that god told me this then you're running into the chance of you know if you said god said this it's at the same level of scripture yeah it has to be because god said it so be extremely careful of what you're saying because that's something that you should repent of if it doesn't come to pass or it doesn't come true or you realize it was deception. You yeah, know? if you say something and it doesn't happen and you say it's from God, then that makes you a false prophet. Right, so the verbiage I would use just to be careful there is I feel like the Spirit impressed the thought on me and I'm going to act in obedience to yeah, I that. I think this is what God is telling me yes i think right i'm not certain i think i'm pretty sure yeah and then how do you become certain if it comes to pass 
and yeah. then you can be like, yeah, that was that was yeah. something that God wanted for me. Yeah, I think another an example um, on that was a good example for decisions um, with my friend popping in my mind. Um, another example um, was this summer um, I was in California, got off the plane, was hanging out with uh, some people, and I needed to get an Uber from the airport to the place I was staying, the Airbnb, and I. F- I booked the Uber and then I felt like God told me to cancel it. I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So I canceled it and then I didn't hear anything else. So I just booked another one. I was like, I guess, I don't know. And the, and I got in the car and the guy and I were talking, it's a really easy in to talk about Jesus. When someone asks you what you ask them, what they do for work. Yeah. And I work at a church. So there you go. Oh, I work at a church and they're like, Oh, and then they ask you more questions about that typically, or they just like ignore it and then completely change the topic. But then you always go back to it. You just keep poking at it. It's a fun time, but we ended up having a really good conversation about how he was struggling with different things and his relationship with his daughter. And he hasn't been to church in a while and he said, and we talked about it for like the 30-minute drive, and he was going to go back to church and all that. So God used me in that instance by telling me something. I discerned it. I acted on it, and then I got to evangelize to this guy and help him out. So that would be an example of a decision. Yeah. Um, so we talked about the four main ways decision, doctrine, spirit, and people. Um, yeah. So that was an example for decision. Can you think of an example for doctrine? Well, one of the examples uh, that I can think of is like a spirit of humility. I think that sometimes when, you know, pastors get a little too hyped up and they start to, you know, say some things that, or even worship songs that are very man-centered and not God-centered, then you start to hear things that just don't seem right. Like it's all about us and we have so much power in the situation and that, that's something that I think doesn't sit right for a lot of people when we talk about, you know, our circumstances and situations. And it can get it can get a little, you know, sticky because obviously we want to better our lives through our faith and we want to understand God more in that way. But it's about God ultimately. It's not about us. So like Yeah, like that one song that says you didn't want heaven without us. The first time I heard that, it just didn't sit right with me because it's like it's just putting such a high view of yourself. It's like, oh, we're yeah. so good, God, that you didn't, you just didn't want heaven without us because we're so good. Right. It's like, no, I think God <laughs> was doing all right. He he's chilling. Um, yeah, he we're wants. the ones that screwed it up. So he actually <laughs> did make heaven w- with us, and then we screwed it up. But yeah. because he's loving, he decided to die for us, not because mm-hmm. we're good, and yeah, but because he is. Yeah. And then moving on to spirits, uh, yeah, I think a good example, we already talked about it a couple times, but feeling the presence of a demon in your room or feeling the presence of a demon possessing someone else. I don't know if you've ever seen a demon-possessed person. It's scary as heck. Yeah. Um, one time I was at my church, and some guy showed up, bloodshot eyes, like red as heck, like really wide open, really? and he was he just looked super scary. Um And then he was saying stuff, um, and he had a really deep, raspy voice, and he was talking about, like, we're coming for you. You're not safe. Well, like, he literally said, Satan is coming for this church. It's not safe. Your pastor is not safe. 
all this crazy demonic stuff Sheesh. and like in that moment i was like that guy's demon possessed like yeah. that is so scary yeah um to see that and thankfully i mean stuff has bad things have happened at church but God has protected us through it um, because he's ultimately more powerful than Satan. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's something that... Scary as heck. Yeah. That's something that I know your dad has talked about too. Like, there's one of two ways it usually goes. It's like, it's either like explicitly like Satan's after you and you need to look out because, you know, greater is the one in this world than the one that is not, you know? Like, I mean, contrary to popular belief, Satan knows scripture too, you know? The demons know the scripture because they know God. They believe in God. They don't follow him, but they definitely believe him, like believe that he's there. And uh, when we look at those situations, usually that or uh, claiming to be Jesus. A lot of demons or uh, Satan claim to be Jesus. Like I know there's stories of witchcraft. We recently talked about about witchcraft in Bible study at staff and the witch is like, oh yeah, I saw this vision or I used this power in it told me it was from Jesus, you know? And that's, I mean, obviously not the case. Uh, the, well, the rocker, what the rocker where the yeah, her, person was like rocking the baby. Her husband came home and she was rocking her baby and the, the chair was like floating four above feet above the, the ground. ground. <laughs> Just rocking the baby in the middle of the living room. Yeah. And, four feet and above she the said ground. that it, she asked where that power came from and the spirit in her said it was Jesus and, but it was not. Sheesh. Jesus Christ of Obviously. Nazareth that yeah. was a demon claiming to be Jesus. Yeah. And you, you see that in Acts. There's a guy named Bar-Jesus mm-hmm. pretending to be doing work by the power of the Spirit, but he's demonically influenced. Yeah. So we need discernment. We need discernment in those areas. Yeah. Uh, it, it happens a lot more than I think. I think we're like, oh, no, people aren't demon-possessed anymore. That was like an Old Testament thing or like gospel thing. But, no, it, it happens. We're in a very spiritual world, yeah. and I don't think we realize it. Yeah. And then that leads us to the last one is discerning people. Um, So it's the idea that there's wolves trying to hurt God's flock. Um, And I actually have an example of this from my church. There was someone who was trying to get on staff. um, And I didn't have any problems with them initially, really. And then the more I talked with them and spent time with them, there was just some things that didn't sit right with me. Yeah. And event there was there was one time um i was talking to him i was i was running the internship at the time and he we had a hard conversation he wanted to make one of the interns an apprentice and bring him on to staff but he was not he was like one of the worst interns and i was like that i'm not promoting him like he's not done a good job he hasn't earned it and i don't want him on a staff position and it was a tough conversation with that guy we were going back and forth and then after conversation he's like everything you're doing is really good. And I was like, what? We just had a horrible conversation. And then like just absolute flattery. Like it wasn't encouragement. Like Mm. if, if after the conversation he's like, yeah, okay, I understand you're with this guy and you spend more time with him and see him more. So I understand your decision and you guys have done a good job in the past. Like I trust you with this. That's not what he said. It was just like ended on a horrible note. And he's like, you guys are doing a good job. I was like, bro, what? Like, that was just flattery because he was trying to get something from me. Yeah. And so that was what threw me off the most, and it it didn't sit right with me. And I actually talked to my dad about it because we were planning on bringing him on staff. And I was like, well, don't do it. I don't like this guy. I don't trust him. And we ended up bringing him on staff, and he ended up being a wolf and 
teaching some wrong stuff really? and leading some people astray and yeah. hurting a lot of people. And um, thankfully, we got him out pretty quick, so he didn't do too much harm. But there is examples because Satan, he's going to try to go for the head. He's going to try to go for leaders in the church yeah. because he'll have the most impact if he gets into the church. Yeah. Because if he's attacking from the outside, he's not going to really, he might pick one or two sheep. But if he's in the inside and can get a group and a following, then he's going to pull more sheep. Yeah, that's one of the things that we've got to be cautious of, too. Like, we think that, you know, Satan's just doing, like, little— he's trying to just pick off one or two here or there. Uh, but, no, he hates God. He hates Christians, and he wages war against them. And if we truly understand that, then we know that he's not just trying to pick off the easy ones. He's trying to get inside in the middle and— and uproot anything that he can. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, Satan's playbook, it hasn't changed since right. the it's garden. The same one. It's the exact it's same. The same. Times one. change, people change. Satan's, what he's been trying to do through history hasn't changed. Um, in the garden, he was trying to, he was twisting God's word. He, he twisted what God said and tried to get them to sin and abandon God. That's yeah. still what Satan's doing yeah. today. And he works through pride and greed and all the fruits of the flesh. Yeah. In the same way, he's still doing it. Yeah. It's never like, oh, no, that didn't work on them. I'm going to use this absolutely insane tactic. Yeah, and it time. works every time, so why would he change it? <laughs> right. That's because the, it works on everyone every time, so he doesn't need to change it. They always work. But it's predictable. Yeah. And we still don't get it. We're still not prepared for it. But right. Should we talk about some red flags of wolves? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so first of all, yeah, we'll, we'll throw out some red flags to look for in wolves. If you see this, this doesn't automatically make someone a wolf yeah. just because they're struggling with one of these sins or something. Right, something um, to be cautious of. Though. Yeah, it's something to be aware of. Um, and if someone's struggling with all of these or most of these, then that is a dangerous place to be Yeah. if they call themselves a Christian. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, don't don't just walk around calling people wolves because they were prideful or something because right. <laughs> that's we'll have struggles. Yeah, we all struggle with pride and different things. But if they're yeah, showing a lot of different problems in a lot of areas, then that's something to be looking out for. Um so the first one I would say it talks about in Matthew seven fifteen, um, a tree and its fruit. Um you'll know a tree by its fruit. Yeah. Um so do their actions line up with their words? Um, because if they're saying one thing and doing another, that's wolf behavior. Yes. Um, another, um, one I would pull, uh, is from first Thessalonians two, two through six. It talks about wolves being flatterers. Um, I shared that story of yeah. that one guy mm -hmm. flattering me, um, greedy. Um, so in it for the money, if someone's working at church and they're just asking for a pay raise and more money and more money and more money and more money. That's probably not a good sign that they're in it for the right reasons because, right. yes, obviously we need money to survive and live life. But if you feel called towards ministry, then money is secondary. Yeah, love of money, roots of all kinds of evil. Amen. Um, another one in First Thessalonians 2 is uh, people-pleasing. Uh, people-pleasers. You got to look out for them. <laughs> Isn't uh, that all of us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why I said don't walk around calling everyone a wolf. But <laughs> if they're trying to please people and try and get glory from people rather than God, that's not a healthy place to be. Um, yeah. James 4.10, it talks about pride. Um, just everyone struggles with pride, but 
if you're not repenting of that or trying to get better, right. that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Um, Proverbs talks about not being teachable, um, Proverbs 12, 1 and 9, 8, and that, and thinking, you know, everything and not being teachable. Yeah. Um, not learning from older people who have done it before you and messed up and telling you what to do and just saying, no, I know better than you. Yeah. Um, there's wisdom in wise counsel and learning from other people's mistakes. So you don't have to make them, let them pay their, pay your dumb tax for you. Yeah. Can I say that is probably one of the most like prominent struggles of especially our generation where we we struggle with that. Yeah. We think, I mean, it's not even that we think that we know how to do it. It's just like getting taught and corrected feels like you just suck, Yeah, you know? And if we're willing to just get rid of that feeling of like, I'm, I'm not good enough. I just am stupid. You know, like we take it to such extremes in our own head. If we're willing to just learn and grow and be like, I'm going to make mistakes. So I'm going to give myself room for that. You know, like just think of it, like there's going to be mistakes made and we need a spirit of humility. We need to humble ourselves more than anything. And that's going to be something that gets us so much further, uh, than like thinking that we're just going to be good you know yeah let's learn things let's grow let's let's do that even people that are just even people that just have growth mindsets are willing to do that and that's something that even a a lot of christians are not willing to do so grow learn make mistakes and get better you know that's gonna that's gonna be so much more helpful for you in the long run than saying like i don't get it i'm not gonna learn i'm done with this yeah respect people older than you yeah respect them they've been through a lot of life and they can help you out um, another one is Matthew or Mark fourteen twenty seven. Um, going for the head and power hungry. Um, so I talked about going for places of leadership um, because Satan wants to have yeah. the biggest impact, and so going for the highest position of authority. Um, so that guy who was trying to get on staff, the there was an opening in staff, and he was the first one to jump in it and fill it like right away. He's like, oh, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, and he was like immediately doing it and he was quick to do it Sus. and yeah and he no one asked him to do it or talk to him about it and you might be like oh that's awesome that that's a great guy he's jumping in and helping and but it was the opposite is he saw an opening and he took it took the opportunity yeah um and he wasn't like appointed by the over the people over that area yeah um, to be in that position he just jumped in it yeah. and yeah, being power hungry, always wanting a promotion. And it's okay to have be driven and want to move up in a, a church or an organization yeah. because it's a good thing if you're wanting to get better and develop skills. Right. But it takes time and humility and hard work and effort and yeah. again, be teachable. Yeah. You know, be wise. Yeah. Um another one I have, yeah, we talked about a little bit, but first Corinthians three eighteen, thinking you're wise and not listening to wise counsel. So if someone is you you need wise counsel to speak into your life um about things you're struggling with. And if you're not gonna listen to them, that's not a it's not healthy. No, it is not. Matthew seven fifteen again, uh tree you'll know a tree by its fruit. Um so if someone's not showing any fruit um, and they're not growing and getting better and learning from their mistakes, or if they're showing bad fruit, um, that is, that means if they're bearing bad fruit, that means they're a bad tree. Right. So that means they're not of the Lord. Yeah. And you know what the Bible says about a bad tree bearing no fruit? It's going to be cast in the fire. Uh, Axe is already at the root of the tree. Yep. 
Yep. Um, Matthew 7, 3, I put critic instead of coach. Um, so if you're always criticizing and pointing out flaws and discouraging and just critiquing everything, but you're not trying to help those people get better. Yeah. Um, it's the idea of critic versus coach. If you're trying to coach them, you point out something in your friend and you're like, hey, I see this man. Let me help you get better at it. That's awesome. That's a great attitude to have. If you're like, you suck at that, you're bad at that, get better at that, and then you just walk away, that's that's not helpful. That's not a pastoral heart. That's not yeah. wanting to help. Let me give a helpful tip, too, real quick. Uh, just as much as we see ourselves as the one giving the advice or helping with the discernment or coaching or critiquing, uh, the same goes for you that when you're the one that's getting taught, the one that's getting told you made the mistake we have to humble ourselves and be like, I know I'm not going to be the one that gets to coach or like, I mean, hopefully not critique, but like coach and, and, uh, give constructive criticism at the most, you know, like you're going to have to be the one that's on the receiving end of that a lot of times. So just if, just as much as you're willing to give that correction, be able to receive it, just be able to receive it. Just put your head down and be like, all right, I, you're right. I messed up. I got to fix this, you know? And that's, that takes so much work. I think that takes a lot of work as a person and as a Christian. If we can work on that, then that's going to take us really far, even in our job and our, our family, our friendships, all of our relationships are going to benefit from us being like, you know what? I'm just going to have to, you know, eat this one. Like, yeah, I, I screwed up, you know, I got to fix that. Yeah. That's, that's good. Um, another one would be acting different around different people. This is one of the biggest ones. Um, and it has to do with people pleasing um, because you're trying to get on everyone's good side. Um, this is what Wolf will do to try again, position of authority. They'll yeah. be on everyone's good side and act how that person wants them to act so that they trust them and they can get promoted to a place where they can cause more harm. Um, look out for the people that say one thing to someone and then say another to someone else. Um, another one would be factious behavior. Uh, just creating a group of people that are opposed to a church or opposed to a specific person um, and trying to lead those people away because a faction is just an initiation of yeah. pulling away. And, um, yeah. And next, I would just say, are they called uh, to be there? Yeah. Um, because there was an intern who kept trying to get on staff and he wasn't a wolf. Um, he, he's not, like, a horrible kid. But I, I asked him, I was like, do you even feel called to be in ministry? And, like, the more you pray about it, he's like, well, no. I'm like, well, then why are you trying to get on staff at a church? Like, go do what God has for you. Go yeah. do what you're good at. Don't try to get on staff at a church because that's not going to be a good use of your gifts. And right. that won't be helping the people in the church because you're not called to be there. Volunteer, serve, great. Don't try to be on staff because that's not what God has for you. Right. Uh, another thing would just being would be uh, John three. It talks about being sneaky and kind of hiding things. Um, and then the last one I put is talking bad about other churches or pastors. We we got into that a little bit at the yeah. beginning, I think. Yeah. And it's always a red flag for me when I meet someone new at church and like one of the first things they say is, oh, we left our other church because our pastor, blah, 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 and they start trash talking immediately. Right. I'm like, I don't even know you <laughs> yeah. and you're already trashing your other church. Like yeah. 
that like we're our church is just going to be the next one in a few weeks like you're just going to leave here and then talk trash about our church right, so yeah. i never trust those people that are talking trash because the truth is those are all god's sheep um if they love jesus and are truly his sheep um so why are you talking trash about god's sheep exactly uh and i'm going to end end with this too here uh those are all really great points thank you for that um if you I mean, the general sense of all this is like, you need to be completely yourself uh, when you talk about, you know, when you are the sheep and you want to get to know other sheep of the flock and there's wolves around, but you should also know that yourself should be constantly transforming and changing and aligning with the will uh, of God and his plan for all of us. It's about, it's all about God, his plan for creation, his plan for humanity, uh, we're just one little piece of it. He's the main character. We're just one little piece. But if we are willing to put uh, God at the center and be honest with him, be honest with him, like ask for discernment from the Holy Spirit and ask for wisdom and we can move forward in that and we can be ourselves, meaning like we can act according to uh, what we believe. I mean, like you were saying, I'm trying to add on to this point of like, being different around different people just be yourself if you if if you are truly made in god's image and you are a person that you know loves god or is trying to know more about god and you're trying to love him just be yourself be honest with god and ask yeah, for be wisdom. the person god made you to be and exactly ca- is calling you to be yeah and that's just that's just something i want to add in there just to simplify it for you and for anyone listening be yourself ask for discernment practice discernment and wisdom will, you know, fill you. Yeah. Yeah. If I could leave with one last thing, Go I'd ahead. point back to what I said at the beginning. If best way to train and build your discernment is spending time with God because if you're not spending time with him, you're not going to know his voice. Yes, sir. To God be the glory. Amen. Ay, 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 ay. Peace.